Well, we are actually here with episode number two of Confessions of a Pastor, as we are just kind of looking at our lives and just life in general. Um, and as always, we have Cole with us, and um, we are going to be in on this discussion along with our Drum good please. good friend Chris. Yes, is in here with us now. Chris is sporting the Isabel Farms uh, ball cap, uh, farming cap, as I like to call it, yeah. the farming cap. He is uh, our resident pharmacist with an F. I assist on the farm. He assists <laughs> on the farm. So, um, and so Chris, you were raised on a farm. And so tell us how far back does that go in your family history? Uh, all my life has been on the farm. My grandfather was a cotton farmer. His dad was uh, in the timber business cutting cross ties. And, and then they'd get to the land cleared, they'd plant cotton. And my, so my granddad continued that. He planted cotton. So did my dad. And uh, until he went off to uh, World War II, he came back and he started planting rice. And all my life, I've had a little bit of cotton. I've hoed and picked and a little bit of stuff like that when I was a kid. But uh, most of my life has been rice. Quick question. Was it your grandfather or your father in World War II? My father. Your father was in World War II. Okay, okay. And so when he came back, it was still cotton, and then they transitioned to rice at some point. Correct. Okay. Um, and since then, how much cotton have y'all grown? Uh, a few years after that, maybe my granddad continued to grow 40 acres, 20 acres, and then finally we quit. Yeah. So now, from that point to today has been rice. We have a field that's been continuous rice for 63 years. Wow. Which is a big deal if you mm. know much about the, the, the rice industry, the rice farming. That's a it, that's an achievement. It comes with its problems, but yeah. yes. Yeah. Okay. So um, we have been in the past uh, weeks, we've been talking about responsibility, um, and but the past two weeks specifically, we have been talking about this special law um, that God has in place for us, and Paul talks about it in the book of uh, the letter of Galatians. Uh, the, the law, we've called it the law of planting and harvesting. And that's why we've invited you today to uh, give us a farmer's perspective on just what happens with planting and harvesting. And so um, if that's enough of, of a start to you get us started, if, get us started. If not, Cole's going to be thinking of something to narrow that focus down um, if that's what's needed. Yeah, the beginning of the year planting, there's great expectations. You want to get everything planted and uh, correctly and have the ground prepared beautifully and the seed goes in just right. The weather is just perfect. That's what you want. You never get that. You end up um, planting as you can, when you can, and how you can. In between and, rains, in it, between whatever. It, yeah. The weather doesn't take a day off. Yeah. Uh, so the planting season, great expectations. Uh, you make it through the whole year. Your crop is out there and it's exposed to the extremes. Uh, all the possibilities that could go wrong 
there in the back of your mind. Last year we had a flood in the middle of the year, and we could have a drought. You know, we've I've been through uh, very severe droughts, very big floods, and all those things impact your bottom line. So a farmer is kind of crazy because he goes into the year, he doesn't know how much he's how much he's going to produce. He doesn't even know how much he's going to get for it once he does produce it. And uh, I, I don't know why I do it. I guess, it, <laughs> but it's my life. It's what you know it, now. It's what I know. It's what you know now. I I I I think at this point he might be stuck. Yeah. <laughs> you you might gonna have to re- move on out and retire. Your eventual retirement will be from rice farming. Um, yeah. I, I don't I think, think so. you need to retire. I don't think I, he's I, gonna I, retire. I don't, I don't think so. No. Mm-hmm. One of the unique things about Chris uh, is. And it may not be unique, but it was to me anyway. I, he's a farmer. He is a scientist. He's a psychologist. There are so many things that to me that God has just kind of blessed him with. He's layered. He is a, he's he's layered. an onion. He's an onion. He's, he's an onion farmer. Onion farmer who <laughs> farms rice. Oh. Okay. Uh, Been off to a good Okay, point. good start. Good so, start. Um, so you never know what's going to happen through the, and all of those things, you, you do what you can do as a farmer, which is you take the seed, you prepare the soil, um, but you can't prepare the weather conditions. You can't prepare any of that. You can't compare, you can't prepare the soil temperature and you just get the seed ready. You put it in and you take care of it while it's growing and you get ready for harvest. There's so many things out of your control. Yeah. I, there's I, one thing, even though there's so many things out of your control, you know, that if you plant it and, and, and it works, it's going to grow. Right. You, you don't really question that. Have you ever um, planted uh, a crop of rice and ended up with a crop of cotton? <laughs> never have never has that. happened never, never well that. <laughs> that that it just you 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 know what you're planting and you plant it um but there are times that in your harvest or as you're planting um you don't always know what's going to happen as far as the soil goes because um we were talking earlier and you mentioned that as y'all expand your farm and grow your farm, you get a new piece of land, you have no idea what all is there. You have some idea, but you don't know what all is there when you get a new piece of land. Yeah, there's a there's a thing called the seed bank. And all that is, is it's like your yard, the grasses that you have in your yard are probably gonna come up next year also. Uh, the, the weed seeds and uh, one particular one is red rice uh, seeds that are in the soil are there and uh, when the opportunity makes itself available they're going to come up and so you know you can you can prepare somewhat for that but um, the possibilities of disaster <laughs> Or seems to always Endless. be close. <laughs> yeah. Close, yeah. Right. Well, Chris, just to help, because we're going to have some people listening that may have no idea what red rice is. And they may be thinking, oh, is that a wild rice? It sounds different. So maybe you could package that and sell it. Why don't you explain to someone who has no idea about red rice, not, not necessarily its genetic makeup, which I do know you know, but 
it's uh, just the fact that it's not the product you want. Explain what red rice is and and um, anything else with that. I have heard um, PhDs and researchers and everybody tried to explain how red rice came to be. Some say that it uh, mutated from a wild form um, years ago. And uh, some say that it uh, comes from a modern day and de-evolves into a product that is inferior. And what, what it actually is a rice plant, it is edible. It does produce seed. And you can't eat that seed, it's not very good. Uh, the, now there are red rice varieties that are edible and grown specifically for that problem, but the one I'm talking about is considered a weed. Um, and so if a farmer brings in their rice and it has some red rice in the seed, this, in the seed that they bring in, um, what happens? If they plant it, then the red rice is going <laughs> gonna to grow right along with the yeah. uh, good rice. And there are some, if you want to, we'll talk about it more in depth if you like, but there's some inherent problems that um, red rice is, uh, you want to go into this now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And also, before you hit that, what happens if they try to take that to the mill and in their tractor trailer, they've got a, a red rice mixed into their rice? Well, like I said, it is edible, but when you put it in a package with regular white rice, uh, there's a little, it doesn't quite the brand on the red rice is red, and um, the brand on the white rice is kind of almost white, a little brown, but there's a very stark difference. So you mill the rice and you take the brand off of it, for the people who know what I'm talking about, it's abrasive and you rub it until all the oily brand comes off and you have white rice. Left it, you know, what you buy in the package. Well, if you look at that package and there's a grain in there that has a red stripe all the way around it, and it looks different than everything else, then to the buyer's, consumer's eye, that's not acceptable. They don't like that. And there are methods of removing that we hadn't talked about, but it's expensive and it hurts. Yeah. Um, so does it impact the price of it does the rice the that they bring in? If you have uh, red rice in the rice that you take to the mill, they dock you pretty heavily for it. Okay, so your goal is to not have any. Right, but that's that's not the only thing. The red rice is always more, uh, it's stronger. Prodigious. Than, yeah, that's <laughs> okay. a good word. It's, it's stronger than the, um, than the domesticated rice. And so the, it has bigger roots, it sucks all the nutrients away from the good rice, and it produces more than the good rice produces. Wow, I don't, I, I, I didn't know that. So, so it, it, uh, you use the term weed. It, it, it it's a it's weed. A weed. Mm -hmm. Even though it's edible, it's rice. Mm -hmm. It's it's a weed because it, it's it's drawing away from what you want. It's yeah. drawing away from those results that you're looking for as a farmer. Yeah. 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 And it, that's not all. <laughs> yeah. 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 I bet. I've spent I've spent probably thirty plus years trying to figure out how to kill red rice, and it's just kind of my every waking moment thought. Yeah, and that's I, your just, nemesis. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But the red rice outproduces the domestic rice. 
Okay, it comes up, it's a bigger plant generally. Um, but when it gets to maturity, you think, well, I'm going to get that in the combine and I'm going to get it out of my field. And I'm going to take it and I'm going to sell it. I'm going to take my deductions, but at least it's gone. But, For now. But no. Because the first wind that blows, the red rice shatters and it goes to the ground. So you can't put it in the combine. You can't haul it out of the field. Now it's back on the ground. And um, I think I mentioned to you earlier, there's a, in its DNA, there's a response that it goes dormant unless the, unless the uh, everything is perfect for its for it to grow. So if you cover it up with a little bit too much dirt, if it gets caught down into a rut as a tractor passes by, sorry then that rice seed will remain dormant for years and years and years until it is worked back to the surface and when everything is perfect for it to germinate it germinates again so there it goes and you said earlier that can last for a long time the book says 30 years but i've seen 50. so so yeah. seed that went into the ground 50, 50 years, years ago, ago yeah can pop up today Yes. So some, it's possible, very possible, that a red rice plant that could show up in your field specifically, that seed could have been planted before your children were born. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Um, until that conversation where you told me that, I had no idea. I didn't, of, I, I didn't know it was that long. I yeah. had no, no well, idea. Even 30 years. You don't, you don't want to plow deeply because you can bring up more red rice seed. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So not only, you, you, for a layperson like myself, I think of it from the perspective of I harvest, I truck it to the, to the dryer, and I'm going to deal with dockage. I got to deal with the dockage. I don't get paid as much money on the front end as what I would have otherwise. But what you're saying is really that's bad. But if you're planning on being in that field again next year, it's going to be worse. The residual of that one seat, yep. it can turn into so much more, which hardly really kind of runs right into that idea of we are going to harvest not only later than we plant, we're going to harvest a lot greater than what we plant. Yeah, so as Chris was talking to us just a moment ago, one single seed is going to not just produce that plant right. and another seed. And not one to one. It's not one to one. What is the ratio more like? It's about one to a thousand. Yeah, and now you that, brought with you a, yeah. we have a seed. I don't know if you can see that on the video. Let's see what's on the screen there. Let's go right here. Okay. You got one seed in my hand. Actually, you know what? I know. We can show it right here. Great. Technology. Technology. There's one seed right there. Okay. One seed. Oh, that see one seed. That thousand up there now. Yeah. I, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I wish I had a mobile cam. We need a monkey cam. Um, that one seed produces this. This is 1,000 seeds. I counted them. One to a thousand, and I believe that, I that. one I believe you one to a thousand ratio. It's it, it comes later in the <clears> case <throat> of red rice, up to fifty years later, and then each one of those seeds produces another thousand seeds. Thousand seeds. So tell us, yeah, you you were yeah. drawing uh, kind of a, 
a comparison as we were talking earlier. You mentioned that so it, one plant comes up, and if you don't get it, there's a thousand seeds in the ground. If it's red rice, the, the plant comes up, the one seed produces one stalk, but, one. Then, but then from the roots, we have what we call tillers, and there are other stalks that come out from the roots, and generally 10 is a pretty accepted uh, number of tillers, and each, each panicle on that tiller or on those, that stalk will produce 100 seeds or more. And there's your thousand, thousand, 100 or more. And if those hit the ground, then you've got a thousand to deal with next year. A thousand that each produce a, a thousand. thousand more. Mm -hmm. And I want to hear y'all just keep going with that. Let's see how good y'all <laughs> can exponentially go from there. That's as far as I can go. <laughs> but I, I think the, the understanding of that is just, and, and Chris even, he brought some red rice, uh, you know, I remember the small amount of time that I worked at the station, just how uh, if a tractor had been in a, in a field, potentially in a field that potentially had red rice in it, um, the extremes they would go to to clean that tractor before they would let it in any of the fields at mm -hmm. the station. Um, and that's a worldwide problem. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's everywhere. And that's just one weed. Mm -hmm. I, you deal with, I don't know how many, I, I have no idea, but a lot. Well, the other ones, you have a little bit of chance of a chance to kill it because it's not rice. Right. The red rice is rice. So whatever kills rice, kill the red rice, will usually kill the good rice. Yeah. So um, you're limited in how you can eradicate it or mm -hmm. take care of it. Uh, when it's there. So really, it's trying to keep it from ever getting in there as That's best it. you can. That's really you can. your best approach, I guess. Yeah, so you have to have uh, pure seed um, to make sure that the, um, you know, the seed doesn't have any red rice because one seed is a thousand plants potentially coming down the road. Yeah. And it's, it's really impossible. It's just more of a maintaining uh, than it is fixing anything taking care of it as you go as you go and not overlooking it not saying we'll do that later knowing it's... what is out there and your possibilities and your chances of of maintaining of correcting that you know let, let me ask you this you how long have you been farming uh, i'm not talking always since you were born but since you would yeah, say i've been a farmer 13. since 13, something like that. I was just driving Age of 13. Here. Age of 13. So yeah. pretty good while. Yeah. There are elements that you see that I don't see. Um, you can, there are things you know that I can never know. Um, you, we were talking before that you would identify that red rice seed long before I could identify it because you've been there. You're, you've experienced it. You, your, your life said, your life ex experience. Uh, you can identify these things. And, and to me, Harley, it parallels a little bit with what we're talking about in this series because sometimes my life, I'm, I'm going in a direction, I'm planting some seeds, and it, maybe even to my eye, they look like good seeds. And I think these are okay, these are good seeds. And then when that person comes up alongside me and says, wait a second, I'm going to check you a little bit here. I don't see it because I haven't experienced it, but they have. 
And to me, that's just this whole thing of harvesting and planting. There's so many tentacles to that. Yeah. So many things. Yeah. As I, we were talking, if I were looking in a field, um, I, I see rice. I see rice. <laughs> I see rice. and Maybe some barnyard grass. Yeah, and I could <laughs> identify after a point some of the grass mm -hmm. as it starts, you know, but when it comes to rice, it looks like rice. It looks like rice. And it would take someone to come into my life and say, no, 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 look at this. This is not rice. This is not what you want. This is not a seed yeah. that you want. And I would seed. have to be willing to learn from that mm -hmm. and be willing to uh, humble myself when we're relating all of this to responsibility, I, I think about, you know, part of the seasons in my life when I have been irresponsible, I have also not been humble mm -hmm. and not willing to listen to someone who would say, hey, wait a minute, I have some experience in this. I have some, I have some understanding that you don't have. I'm not sure I would have listened to them because I, Man, God, God placed me in a family that had a lot of wisdom there. Um, I'm not sure during those seasons I, I would have listened. I, well, I know I didn't because I did not listen. I listened to a few things, but not everything. And so, you know, I love that idea of being humble enough to say, you know what? I don't know what's in that field. Um, I need someone to show me, point it out, help well, me. Let, let me ask you this. If, if you purchase uh, a new a new piece of ground and you don't know much about it how helpful would it be for the person that farmed it for the last 20 years before you to walk up and say let me tell you what's on the horizon for you would that is that uh, something that could be yeah, helpful or that'd be a big help i heard my dad tell a guy one time uh, he said well the guy that you saw on this says so and so my dad said well you better listen to him don't ask me <laughs> and uh, i had a friend that his land looked just like our land, and he said, that dirt out there doesn't have a bottom. And I didn't believe him. It was sandy soil, you know. And so, anyway, I'm helping him move some stuff with the backhoe, and the backhoe just just sinks. And it hadn't been plowed in years, but it didn't have a bottom. I don't know. But he, he had he an knew. experience. He knew. He yeah. Knew. Yeah. So we have to be in a position where we'll listen. Um, I also like this, you know, the idea of uh, the one seed producing so many and how we talked about Sunday, how that can work for us. Yeah. You know, it can work for us. We, you know, planting new seeds, the harvest is going to come later and it's going to come greater one to a thousand ratio here. I, I think that's this. I've enjoyed the series. That's been a part of the series. I've really liked because I love, I, I've repeated it several times. I think you have as well. This principle, harvesting and planting and harvesting, sowing and reaping, whatever you want to call it. Um, it just is. It's not good. It's not bad. It's not positive. It's not negative. It just is. It really comes down to how we approach the principle. Um, because just like with you, um, that red rice seed that you know will turn into a thousand grains eventually, that's a negative. <laughs> but you want that good seed to turn into a thousand yes, grains. That's a positive. Yes, and, and it's so interesting how the, the margin, is, it's it's just very small between making it work for us and work against us. Well, we've, I'm 66, so been farming for 53 years, I guess. Um, we've never missed a planting, never missed a harvest. 
been plantings have been very difficult and harvests have been very difficult, but never missed one. But when Man, you planted, you harvested. You harvested. Yeah. Yeah. It may be a little different each little time, different. different scenario, different story, different yeah. experience. But when you planted, you harvested, and when you planted rice, you harvested rice. Maybe red rice sometimes, mm -hmm. but rice. Sometimes we plant seeds intentionally. We know what we're doing, and we know we shouldn't be doing that. We may not know seeds are being planted, but we know from the aspect of responsibility, I'm not being responsible. And I have not always been responsible, and uh, there are some things that, you know, in my life that I regret, and I probably won't talk about most of those, but <laughs> uh, I regret things that I've said to my wife, to my children, to my parents. Uh, I regret things I've said to... Uh, Preachers. <laughs> there are some things that I have done that I regret. Um, but it doesn't have to remain that way. I mean, I can start doing better than that. I don't have to regret things if I don't do them. Yeah. There's no regret if you don't do it. Um, you know, life is... Uh, I, I hope that uh, Judy and I have raised our children where they can have less regrets than we do. And that's the same thing, less red rice or less weeds in your life, you know, than the farmer does. And our particular farm, we have a wonderful, wonderful crew. Everybody does what they do and they do it well. And, um, you know, most most of us can spot those red rice plants when they're tiny. Really? And uh, we've had people drive by and say, that feels beautiful. And to me, I said, that's that's going to be a problem. That's the one we got. <laughs> That's going to be a problem because there's red rice all out there, and I can see it, and they all they see is green. Yeah. And uh, I think my life is like that, too. A lot of people, what, what people see is green, but it, it's not all green. Right. And yeah. there are some regrets. Uh-huh. And I would I, I would agree with you from my own perspective. I, I know for me, I, I can think very specifically. This also goes back to our series in March with shame, but I think very specifically about something I said to my mom one time. And I just said, I was angry, I was upset, and I and I was smarting off. And I said it, and I knew immediately the sting that was attached because I meant it, but I immediately regretted it. Um, and I'm hoping, as I think back on my life now, I'm hoping that I, I never did that again. And, um, but boy, I sure do remember the moment here's I a, said it. Here's the thing that I see a lot of, I've lived through a lot of, people will hurt you and they'll never mention it again as if that just by treating you normal from now on negates the responsibility of apologizing mm -hmm. because if they don't apologize you don't have a chance to forgive them either you can look over them but until you have that conversation with them you know and I've well and I, I think there's uh, an aspect of that you can forgive them but they never experience being forgiven forgiven right and that's really uh, that's pretty significant, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. That is a, a big deal. Um, 
I want to talk just a moment before we wrap, whenever that is going to be. I, I do want to talk about this idea that some of the things that are planted in our fields, some of those things will linger and be there maybe long after we're gone. Some seeds that, like the red rice can show up when things are just right for that rice. Um, doesn't mean it's just right for you, the farmer. It's at just the right time for that rice. Mm -hmm. It's going to grow. And uh, we don't know when that is. We don't know when that'll be. And there are things that I know that I possibly have planted um, uh, just through my life. Confessions of, pa of a pastor here. Uh, things I have planted in raising my kids things I've said, my addiction to working, my addiction to uh, trying to improve and do better and do better and do better in everything except being a father and being a husband. Um, so that addiction to doing better, uh, man, seeds planted and can't be unplanted. They cannot be unplanted. I cannot go and pull those seeds out of the ground. And I can, well, maybe the only thing I can do, um, unless y'all can think of something else, <laughs> is plant new seeds. Plant good seeds. Good seeds. Good some seeds. Of the, some of the things that we do, we're planting problems right now for our grandchildren. You know, and we may not realize that, but... If we continue to try to just plant good seeds, um, you know, just be kind. Treat people like you want to be treated. I mean, that that's pretty biblical, isn't it? <laughs> pretty biblical. Yeah. Um, that's that's uh, pretty solid. Um, I think, uh, you know, we, we, we hardly even touched on this topic of how we have, we did mention it though, how we... When you pick up a piece of land you or you inherit a land, you inherit everything that comes with it. Everything that comes with um, it. And uh, that's true for my children. My children did not pick their family. My children did not pick me. Um, uh, your families have not picked you. The, the, you know, you inherit it. And you, you don't just get that from mom and dad. You, you inherit things from generations back, um, which I just want to throw the name of a book. If somebody is struggling with putting their life in context of saying, I don't, you know, it feels like the wheels have come off of my life and I'm just kind of out of control. The book I'm going to suggest is a little bit, um, I don't, I can't, the, the word escapes me, but a little bit clinical. Just a little bit. But if you can wade through some of that, for me in the past uh, 20 years, this has been one of the most powerful books in my life. It's by a, a, a Christian uh, writer, and I think he was a psychologist. His name, I think it's David Stoop. And the name of the book is Forgiving Our Parents, Forgiving Ourselves. It sounds like a parent bashing book, but it, it is not. This book helps you look back 
at your family history, not way, way back, but like maybe to your grandparents, your great grandparents, maybe. It doesn't go way back, but it helps you identify what are some of those generational seeds that have that continue to be planted and continue to grow. And you look back and you see, wow, my grandparents, yeah, I see that. And it, and it showed up again in my uncle. And then it showed, it looks like it's shown up in my life as well. And so you get to kind of trace that. And then he teaches you in this book, he teaches you what to do with that. You can't unplant those seeds, but you can plant new seeds. And then he says, and I love this, there are going to be some elements in your life where you need to jump back some generations and you need to offer some forgiveness. Some forgiveness to some grandparents, maybe, that, and they have no idea. Not like, and it's not like he's saying you need to go address them face to face. This is work. This is work for you to do in your heart. I don't know why I went into all this, but I just know for me, generational things. As I read that book, I identified some things in my life that looked to have been seeds, not the good seeds, some red rice that was being planted generation after generation after generation. Grandparents or great-grandparents, grandparents, my parents, me. Yeah, uh, I, I think. Go ahead. Uh, I've seen some, I've, I've lived through some of that. Some of the things that had been bad memories uh, seem are seeming to disappear. And I'm just remembering the good ones. Uh, you know, there's there's DNA. I mean, there's things in, in me that are were my grandfather and my father and and I understand that, but there's also environmental impact. And just like this rice plant, this plant takes up the nutrients from the roots and it moves that energy up the plant and finally produces the seed at the top. We're looking at a family, that's your children at the top. Well, environmentally, when that seed is maturing, if you have hot, dry wind, you know, you may have a damaged seed. If you planted too late and you have cold weather, you may have frost and you may have damaged seeds. And some of those, some of our children are, you know, are living through environmental impact. Uh, and we can't change that. We can't change that. And uh, yeah, you're exactly right. Um, and, but you know this, we do know this on a spiritual side of this. Um, we do know while this is the law of planting and harvesting, and there's so many things involved soil, seed, timing, environment. We have no control over that, some of those. But we do know, we know the Lord of the harvest. Right. And um, in that is some peace to know that the law, the, the Lord of the harvest who created the law of the harvest can be at work in my imperfections um, and can help make it through the harvest. This uh, Some of the things yeah. I've done wrong, so many of them. The, the Lord of the harvest is not going to unplant those seeds, but yeah. I don't think he's going to kick me out off the family farm you know you mentioned that you couldn't contain you couldn't control the environment you can't out in the world but you can't in the greenhouse <laughs> and See, the greenhouse is the home 
Yeah. You can change some of that environment yeah. that's in the home. That's exactly right. But yeah, we could go on for days on this. I love <laughs> it. Really good. Really I love good. it. But we, but we you can't. were about to say but. Did you have a well, but after I'm that? I'm saying the Lord of the harvest is God makes it all grow. And the farmers realize that at the very beginning, uh, this is a new year. It's a different year. But it's the same Lord overall. And then when it rains on the just, it rains on the unjust. And uh, what's coming, um, he didn't promise to alleviate it. He just promised to go through it with us. And uh, we expect him to do that, and he always does. And, you know, like I said, we've never missed a planting or a harvest. They haven't always been fun. Yeah. But he's been there with us through it. Well, um, I, I get to wrap us up with a little bit of fun because we always have okay. a little bit of fun. We didn't tell you about uh, this. We didn't tell you about this intentionally. Uh, Got to do a little rapid-fire questions here for Mr. Chris Isbell, the uh, the farmer, the geneticist, the yeah. scientist, the philosopher, et cetera, et cetera, so forth. So, I, I right. forgot that one. Philosopher. Yeah, I'm, philosopher. Not, I'm not good at this. Well, this is it. Well, he's not. Uh, Chris likes to think about things, so rapid-fire is going to be We're difficult. We're going to have some fun here. All right, so okay. question number one for you. Um, Mr. Chris Isbell, he's eight years old. What is his favorite toy? What is he playing with? Tricycle. Tricycle. So like the old, like the red tricycle. Mm -hmm. did, you, did you ride the tricycle or did you push it from the back? I pushed it. I was a pusher. I was a pusher. Were you a pusher or a rider? Your, put your knee on the seat. Yes. All right. I, 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 think, loud. Sorry. I think that's because tri tricycles are really difficult to pedal. Well, on the rocks. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I grew up. I was in the city. It, it was a put. It had to be a pusher. I was okay. in the city. Uh, question number two, Mr. Chris Isbell, you are sitting at home after working all day. You're sitting in your recliner. What do you do? Drinking a glass of tea, either reading a book or watching television. What television show are you watching? Oh, we're getting deep here, folks. Yeah, we are. <laughs> let's see. Recently, it's Twenty Four. Okay. okay. I, I got. And what okay. book are you reading? Either. I, okay, I, I read crazy because I'll read something deep and then I'll read what I call a dessert book. Yes. So my dessert book would be Louis L'Amour or Ralph Moody or Man, something like, like that. But the, my deep book right now is Cuba. So. Nice. All right, last one. What's your favorite thing? If you could only have, not a, I don't want to call it your final meal, but kind of your final meal. What would it one, be? One meal for a whole week. One meal for, this is it. Chicken and dressing or turkey and dressing? Really? Yeah. I did not picture you as a turkey With, and dressing guy. I'm well, sure Miss Judy knows this. You got to have the giblet gravy. Ah, see, yeah. my mom, when she found out that there were giblets in the Popeye's gravy, she changed. She decided she didn't like the gravy at Popeye's anymore. And uh, up until that point, she loved it. And then she found out there were organ meats in there, and she decided she didn't. So, yeah. Wow. All right, rapid fire, Mr. Chris Isbell. That was good. All right. Well, I tell you what, this has uh, been fun, Cole. I have enjoyed this. I hope that y'all have enjoyed this, and I um, would really like we'll, to we'll do this again. again. We'll bring him back again. Would like to do this again, but until that time, we are just simply going to say, please, please, please keep learning and keep growing. Um, keep planting those seeds. And keep planting the seeds. So with that, we're going to sign off, and we're glad you've been here with us. Mm -hmm.